My Journey with Cancer. I've discovered a golden truth that from the start I was in your heart. A revelation that changed my world that from now on I am God's son. To be sure, in my mind, just who I am brings such peace. Such joy in my heart, in my soul. This means everything. I'm a man on a mission, I'm God's envoy. For now, I cancer sufferer. I'm a human being with cancer. And John, you brought with you to the studios today a large radiotherapy mask, which when you actually showed it to me first of all, it reminded me of Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs. It does look a bit scary, actually. For my radiotherapy? Yes, you start out life with, if you like, a U-shaped frame of blue plastic, and fixed between it is a mesh of acrylic. It's an open mesh, but it's very stiff. And it's a flat sheet. And this mask is produced by, first of all, the patient, which will be me, is put onto a treatment bed and you lie in the position that you would need to be in to receive your radiotherapy. But of course, people shake their heads, move their heads, wobble their heads. And the target for my radiotherapy was a tiny tumour at the base of my skull that was no bigger than a grain of rice. So my head has to be held very, very still. And to do that, they produce a mask. The sheet of acrylic is warmed in warm water, and it's just like having a warm flannel put on your head. And when it reaches that temperature, the two technicians lift it out of a water bath and pop it onto your face and press down. And then they lock the U-shaped frame to the bed. Your face is now encased in this stretched mesh. The mesh cools to room temperature in three minutes. When it has, you're locked in place. And that's the mask making process over. And each time you have your treatment, you simply lay on the bed, have the mask put on, locked in place. Two minutes later, it's taken off and you walk out. And it is that simple and that quick. It's not a scary ordeal. Yeah, I know people are claustrophobic. But if you just shut your eyes and just imagine yourself having a warm towel put on your face, it's just easy to get through. I have an aversion to having fans blow on my skin. I had to have fans blown onto my mask for three minutes. I was able to do it and at the end of the day, treatment is the only way to a cure. The mask positions my head in exactly the right place for the radiotherapy beam to hit the tumour. Now with my tumour, it was at the base of my skull, it was infringing on all my cranial nerves on the left hand side, so all the nerves that register pain down the left hand side, 
all the nerves that control movement down the left hand side and all the nerves that control the movement of my throat muscles and my voice box are controlled from the left hand side. So half my voice box is now paralysed, half my esophagus is now paralysed. I developed a condition called Bell's palsy. Or that's what it looked like. Bell's palsy? Yes. Which meant that all the left hand side of my face was paralysed. So a smile looked very menacing uh, with just one side of my face going up. I couldn't close my left eye. I still can't flex my left nostril. But these things are going away. It also affects my tongue. That's why my speech is odd. These things are gradually fading now. But in addition to that, the tumour was pressing on the root of the nerve that registers all the pain for the left hand side of your head. The problem being that you can't treat that kind of pain from outside the nerve. So it developed a condition called neuralgia, which is, I'm told, one of the most painful conditions you can get. And I have to say, from my own experience, I would agree with that. And I spent many a night teaching myself how to scream without making a noise so that I didn't wake Chris in the next bedroom. So treatment is very important and bearing in mind that that tumour was two millimetres right next to all the major nerves from the left hand side of my head, it was imperative that the beam of radiotherapy hit that tumour and nowhere else. John, how do you teach yourself how to scream without making any noise? It involves several handkerchiefs in your mouth and And this is the hard bit for me, a rage inside. You have to develop a rage against the pain. Well, this is how I cope. Against the root of the pain. Yeah, and I developed this rage inside that could stop me having to scream out loud so I could scream internally. The problem was that sometimes Chris happened to come into that rage at the wrong point and so she got a taste of it sometimes. That must have been such a rage. Sometimes it took some getting over. But the point of the show is not to dwell on that negative thing. It's to dwell on the fact that out there there is a treatment. When I became a nurse as a young man, then over 70% of patients who were diagnosed with cancer died. Let's never forget that people used to say, what's the point of trying to treat them? They're only going to die. Ladies and gentlemen, now over 50% of the people who are diagnosed with cancer live. That's the point. And that is ultimately worthwhile. Yes. John, you've come here to the radio studios today, also carrying a large pillow with you. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about that? We're still on the secondaries phase of, uh, of my treatment. We know that I've developed secondaries growth. Almost certainly I have one in my right knee. It's probable that I have something in at least one rib going across between my shoulder blades. It is possible it is also in the opposite rib on the left-hand side. What this causes is a fair degree of discomfort in my back. So sometimes it's nice just to have a pillow to lean into to take some of the pressure away. That's what you do. um, One of my upcoming shows is going to be called The Land of Fire and Ice. Over the years, Chris and I have differed on what's best way to treat a swelling. I believe it's a hot pad and Chris believes it's a cold pad. I am currently in the bizarre situation where when I go to bed at night I have to put an ice pack on my left shoulder blade and a hot wheat bag on my right knee. Every night? (laughs) Every night, yeah. So I'm quite conflicted at night as to whether I'm hot or cold. Oh dear, oh dear. 
I'll be honest. If I was in your position, I do not know how I would cope. No, neither did I. I had no idea two years ago that we were going this, you know. I remember when God spoke to me about this journey. We were on holiday. We were in a small community church and I had the feeling of something in my hand that was tangible, that was there, that was real, but was not physical. And I felt it was two things, one in each hand. And at the end of that church service, an 80-year-old lady stood up. And you don't expect God to speak through people like that. I mean, they're way past it. He simply does, And she simply stood up and said, I'd just like to share a picture. There's a man in this church who has two flames in his hand. And the following week, I had planned to come to flame and pitch my journey with cancer. So God told me then, but when God told me that, I said to Chris, but I don't have a story to tell. But we have had a story to tell. Oh, yes. I think, being brutally honest, the standard Christian answer is, I don't know what I would do if God did that to me. You know, we all feel, how will I cope as a Christian? I don't want to let the side down. And then you come all the way through this journey, and I have to say, and it is not easy to say, but truthful, to say that I would not have missed this journey, even if it meant not having cancer, because of what the Lord has done to me, done for me, done through me, and done in others. All that I have gone through, of course, we have to remember in the light of Christ, he has done far more for each and every one of us than we could ever hope for. The next question is a bit of an obvious question. I think this might be our final question that we look at. With all that you have and all that you've been through in the last couple of years or so, what is your hope? Where does your hope lie? Um, <clears throat> my hope lies in Christ. I have nothing else. Um, for, for all that medicine offers, for all that society offers, and there are great things out there. There's so much care so many groups so many organizations that i could turn to in actual fact to simply turn to christ at any hour of the day and pray and just be with him it's the greatest hope that i could have my hope is that one day i will stand in heaven with him along with my daughters and my wife and my grandson and uh, that as a family we will kneel before him and own him as our saviour and i know that christ will work in their lives and in my life to that end He's everything to me, you know, we picked the theme tune for a reason. In Christ, I have my true identity, and I've never felt that stronger than I do now. And if people wanted to know this Christ, this Jesus, if they wanted to be with him as well, I know this might be a little bit simplistic, but if anybody's listening to this wondering, well, how do I go about doing that? in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my weakness. How do I go about knowing this Christ Jesus? Well, how do they? Well, you know, I have found over the past few months that God is far more willing to enter into a relationship with us than with anyone else. And all you have to do is invite him in. That may sound complex. Simply say a prayer. A prayer is just talking to someone about what you're going to do. Just say to God, please come into my life, please take away the sin that is there and give me your holiness. You just have to ask Jesus Christ to apply what he did on his cross when he suffered for your sins to your life and to your heart. 
and he will do it. It is guaranteed in scripture. It says, everybody who wants to come to me can come to me. There is no ifs or buts. If you want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, as we say, he will. And when we say Lord, for me it was just giving over the governance of my life to him 40 odd years ago. Lying in a police cell and realising I was no longer in control, so I'd better give it to the man who was. And he took over then. And over those 40 years, he's moulded me, he's changed me, he's made me into the person I am today. And I am so much better for it. And that is where my hope comes from. And if anybody listening to this hears that and does that, <coughs> can they be healed? They can be healed, but it's not guaranteed. There is no guarantee in Scripture that you will be healed of any specific thing. But there is a guarantee in Scripture that God will respond to prayer. And for me, I have to say, in nearly all of my life, I've had very few healings of physical conditions myself. But I have prayed for people who have been healed of quite profound physical conditions when I've prayed for them. You would think that would make me bitter, but it doesn't. It is an absolute joy to partake in prayer with someone that God is going to heal. God does heal. He heals today. There's no point in not praying because the offer may be there. God may be wanting to heal you right now of a physical condition, an emotional condition or a spiritual condition. He may want to heal you of the hurts you've felt. He may want to heal you of the physical problems that you face day by day. If you don't pray, you won't be healed. If you do pray, you might be healed. It's not a magic wand. Things don't happen like in Harry Potter because you say the right words. But if you develop your relationship with God, God will come and touch your life in a miraculous way. You have been listening to my journey with cancer. And every episode of this series, My Journey with Cancer, is available to be heard whenever it's convenient for you on the Listen Again section of the Flame Radio website. That's flameradio.org. We're going to go out with one more track from Rising Hope from Andrew Gardner. I am held by you. You've been listening to my journey through cancer. I'd like to invite you to join me next week at the same place on the dial, at the same time, and walk a while with me.